Welcome to Sales Tech Stars Sales Star Podcast. This is where we feature news, tips and insights on B2B sales. Happy to have you here. Jill Alluch, founder and CEO at Metadata.io, a platform that helps B2B marketers scale their best performing ad campaigns, is here as a guest in this episode of the Sales Star Podcast. We're excited to hear from Jill about some very interesting demand generation and B2B marketing tactics that have been changing the game in today's environment. But before we dive in, Jill, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Absolutely. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. The story for Metadata is a classic founder story. I'm a software engineer. My background, I always wanted to start a company. I came to the US to do my MBA and spent maybe a decade running marketing for a few B2B companies. And I realized that in my journey in the marketing role, I realized that there are many, many technologies and a lot of data available for the marketer, but it's really actually, it was really hard to figure out how to have the expertise and the time to actually use all the technologies and the data available to run a marketing operation to eventually create a repeatable pipeline for my sales counterparts. I've experienced that in every company that I was a marketer in. And then in 2016, I decided I'm going to, instead of keep working as a, as a CMO, as a VP of marketing and using my technology skills and my, and my quantitative skills, I'm actually going to make myself a commodity and see if I can replace myself and build a piece of software that is essentially an AI replica of what a quantitative marketer uh, looks like. And so I started Metadata with that concept of taking data and leveraging technologies that are available in the, in the market and channels to essentially, just like you said, scale marketing and campaigns and automate the entire process to build pipeline. We're definitely going to ask you about your key learnings when it comes to setting up and, you know, scaling a tech company in today's times. But before that, we'd love to hear a little bit from you about your thought on changing demand generation game in the B2B tech environment. The last couple of years, what are some key trends you've been observing and following? And, you know, if you have some predictions for the near future, if you could share those with us as well, that would be great to hear from you. Yeah, one of the trends that I noticed that is happening time and time again in the market is there are more and more and more data sources available, buyer intent, technographic, firmographic, there are new signals available and it's not stopping. And in the same uh, breath, there's also a lot of technologies that keep popping up. Uh, ABM vendors, new channels, new prediction, machine learning prediction vendors, the drifts of the world, the outreach of the world, so on and so forth. And so I think that those trends will continue. There are going to be more and more technologies in the market. I think if you look at the LumaScape, I think, or the, the well-known MarTech image with the 9,000, I think, technologies that exist today, this trend is going to continue. And marketers, they're going to have to figure out how to take advantage of those technologies and how to apply a methodology to continuously leverage the technologies that they have in their possession, the data vendors that are available, the data that they even have in their own technologies, like in their Salesforce and, and HubSpot of the world, and how to kind of abstract the complexity of all of these technologies and channels into one uh, process that continuously operates itself. I think being able to take advantage in a quantitative measured way of all the technologies, all the data, all the channels is going to be key for marketers to be successful at their job. And I think I also notice a lot of engineers and technical folks becoming marketers because of exactly of that fact. Absolutely. So, you know, uh, like you rightly said, in today's marketplace, in today's market world rather, there's this 
a lot of choice there's a lot of constant innovation happening and as you rightly said when it comes to data there's like an endless list to pick from and you know improve your targeting practices your technographics homographics and you have multiple sources of data so specifically to the changing technologies that have been entering the marketplace and of course there's also been a lot of consolidation in the last couple of years how do you feel demand marketers need to revisit their tech stack their marketing tech stack what should they be looking at what kind of technologies you know despite all this innovation you can't have everyone use everything so what would you suggest to be here what are some top thoughts that you have over here when it comes to optimizing a tech stack for a high level b2b demand marketing campaign yeah i think that's a great question you know and every marketer sometimes they don't get to reinvent the wheel like they don't come to like a clean slate right like sometimes a vp of marketing or a vp of the management comes into a company and there are already seven eight technologies they have to inherit so one of the things that i always recommend first of all to try to fit the company stage and the company goals into the stack so if you're a early stage company and you're about to install you know marketo or pardot or eloqua it might be too early, right? Like th- some of those solutions are more mid-market or enterprise. Maybe HubSpot, at least historically, has been more of the startup-friendly, do-it-yourself kind of tool. As you advance and suddenly you find yourself as a mid-market company with maybe three product suites or business units, then you start leveraging some of the other, other platforms. Similarly, depending on the stage and depending on the ideal customer profile that you're marketing to, you may consider different data vendors. Not every customer is the same and not all prospects are the same. For company A, leveraging a Zoom Info and a Bombora might make more sense because they're maybe earlier and they're, they're doing more top of the funnel. And so for some other companies, maybe they want to use uh, G2 intent data and, and, I don't know, an Aberdeen technological, technographic data set. So really what I usually propose is to try to really understand the stage of the company and the cohort and the total addressable market that you're going after, the persona and the type of companies. And kind of customize your choice of technology and data vendors and channels based on that cohort you're going after and based on the ideal customer profile. I would also say that today, unlike in the past, you have many ways of assessing if a technology is a good fit for you or not. And you have marketplaces like G2, for example, who can give you a lot of good feedback into the technology, the data, or the channel, even the vendor or agency that you're about to select for your company. And so I really encourage marketers to take a look and do a proper analysis and some research before they even talk to a salesperson. And I would say finally is look into what worked and didn't work in the past. When a new marketer comes into a new role and we try to kind of replicate that with the AI that that Mentalita has, once you connect your CRM and marketing automation, once you go and look into your Facebook and Google, LinkedIn, so on and so forth, Try to understand what worked but didn't work. Like if you go into your HubSpot or your Marketo, you should be able to see who are the good leads, where are the SQLs and opportunities in Salesforce come from, what campaigns, what channels, what creative work, what piece of content converted at the the best CAC. And so looking into what worked in the past and mostly what didn't, what's the red herring to avoid, will give you a really good baseline to start from. So, you know, amidst all, uh, all of these changing technologies and also, like you said, there are also going to be changes and different kinds of suggestions when it comes to optimizing a Martech stack. How do you feel in the midst of all of the future role of a typical demand gen or demand marketer is set to change in the B2B marketplace? How do you see this shift over the next few years? One of the really good shifts I think is happening is, is that marketers become more and more revenue driven. Uh, my own VP of marketing 
he he's a he's a revenue marketer. He puts his his investment in the right places based on what actually generates revenue, what actually generates pipeline. I think many marketers they are shifting away from what we call vanity metrics, things like acronyms of metrics that only marketers like to talk among among marketers, things like impressions and clicks and CPC and so on and so forth. And they really focus on, at the end of the day, this campaign has been running for two months. We invested 10 grand into it. How much pipeline is it generating? And is this pipeline qualified and is it going to become revenue? More and more marketers are spending time monitoring those kind of board level KPIs, I should say, versus those vanity metrics. And I think it's a very blessed trend that is happening in the market. And the more marketers will focus on those and really do a good job there, generating predictable, recurring demand that is economical for the company, they will have all the autonomy in the world to figure out the rest. Absolutely. That's a very key observation and something that we've been following on as well. And this really made for a very crisp and very insightful conversation. But before we end for the day, before we wrap up this talk for today's episode, we'd like a couple of thoughts from you on, you know, some specific tech founder, tech startup learnings that you have, specific tools or processes that helped you scale metadata.io over the years, and what you tell other upcoming startup founders who probably have very good innovative products or a good product roadmap, but, you know, they're still um, sort of setting the path for themselves. So over to you. Yeah, there are a few pillars that I can focus on. The first one is I like the lean startup methodology. You know, I'm an engineer. I like to build. I like to sit in a room and code and put together a piece of product. But in a startup, you really have to focus on what the customer is going to actually buy and what's actually going to help them. And so before you you end up building for too long, I would highly recommend that you use the lean startup methodology where you have a hypothesis of what you think should work and then see if you can prove wrong or, or prove it right and really use a lot of customer feedback and customer development early on to determine what you're going to build at the end of the day and how you're going to change the roadmap accordingly. Another one is, I don't know about others, but as a first-time founder, you really have to go through a lot of the work, a lot of the hurdle on your own skin first. Trying to hire sales from like day one, I think is a bad idea. No one knows your vision better than you. And in order for you to know who to hire and who's your partner, who the good partner is going to look like, you should go through some of the hurdle yourself. Pick up the phone, make cold calls, call your friends, call your former colleagues, call your former bosses, try to sell them the product. Before you go and, and hire for customer success, you become the customer success. You fulfill your own promise to the customers. I think that many times founders try to scale a little bit too early before they really know what works, what doesn't work. And it's the job of the founder to really do some trial and error and even expose themselves to the bottlenecks and to, to things that, that are considered problems so that they know what does it take to, to scale and where to make the investment. That's something that was really, really helpful for us. And then the third thing is, especially for technical founders, we sometimes focus a lot in the process, in the product, in things that we're comfortable with, things like numbers, whatever the left uh, hemisphere of the brain focuses on. And I think it's very important, or at least the lesson that I have, is that the people are, they're kind of the most important bars. And so choosing right and training and mentoring and being vulnerable and being open to growth yourself as a founder is going to be very, very crucial. And choosing the first few members who are going to go through with you when things get tough, when, when you have to have camaraderie and kind of go through and hustle through the first few years is really key. And you know, I'm very lucky to have many people in the company who have been 
and been patient with me. I've been going through the rough patches and also the triumph for many years. And I think focusing on that and making sure you have the right partners. And when you don't have an honest conversation and part ways in a professional way, that is also a, a key learning for me as a founder. Thank you so much for this very insightful, very interesting conversation that we've had here today. And we definitely have you back again soon sometime. Maybe next time we'll explore a bit more deeply on the various data sources that marketers should be paying more attention to. But in the meantime, we wish you and everyone else at Metadata.io the very best. Stay safe, stay healthy, and we look forward to our next conversation with you again. Thank you, Paramah. It was my pleasure. 